Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Welcome into this edition of Strategic Planning Podcast. We hope everybody's doing well out there today as you're listening to the show. We're going to talk about investing, finance, and retirement. And this week on the show, we're just going to talk about a couple of headlines that have recently or you know, the past couple of weeks or months made the news, as well as some email questions we're going to get to that have come in through the show uh, over the holiday season. We're going to try to catch up on some of those as well. So we're going to keep this fun and loose this week on the podcast with Mike. As always, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please consider doing so by typing in Strategic Planning in whatever platform app you like to use. Strategic Planning, that's the name of the podcast. Or you can find it all at Mike's website at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. What's going on, my friend? How are you doing this week? I am doing great, Mark. Um, just been trying to get into this new year and it's been busy, I tell you what. And um, well, so I enjoyed good. that. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed being out, seeing some folks and um, that sort of thing. So it's uh, we're, we're on a roll. We're on ready a roll. to go. Okay. You're, uh, you're like butter. You're on a roll. All right. <laughs> so um, recently, Elon Musk, who uh, the Tesla guy, right? Most people know him yep. as the Tesla guy, uh, just passed Jeff Bezos of Amazon as the richest man in the world by yep. $10 billion. Mm. Now, the reason I want to bring this up, that's the recent part of this, but just just no more than just a little, I don't know, it's like six months ago, Tesla recently had, well, not recently, but they had a significant drop in their stock price. When a JP uh, Morgan analyst said that the stock was dramatically overvalued, they also had a really big investor uh, rebalance his portfolio, sold off a bunch of stuff, and basically the company lost uh, his, or excuse me, his net worth dropped by about nine billion dollars in a single day. Now, again, flash forward a little bit, and he's now worth, he's now the most, the richest guy in the world, ten yep. billion more than Jeff Bezos. But I'm just wondering, how would you advise a client if they lost nine billion in a day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I guess I'd advise them to do what uh, Musk did: uh, move to Texas, get out of California. There no. you go, and, and and dig. Well, you know what though, and dig your heels in because this guy yeah. is interesting because he. And what's really shocking about this is I was reading this the other day. A hundred, he's a hundred and fifty billion of his, I think, hundred and seventy-five or eighty billion, whatever his net worth is, basically happened within the last year. Yes, that's An amazing. Incredible rise in the value. Yeah. Yeah, so if someone were to lose nine billion in a day, <laughs> do you eat uh, ramen noodles a lot? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do. You know? Well, number one, they probably wouldn't be my clients. But very uh, <laughs> true, very true. Now but, that was it was just for fun, but it's just really curious. I mean, exactly. It's it's really speaks to the uh, sort of the um, I don't know the American dream and the American spirit of put your heels down. I don't know if you saw this, but you know they made a big deal about him being the richest man, so on and so forth. And his tweet response to these yeah. news articles was, uh, "How strange! Oh well, back to work." Back to work, right. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that's kind of a, a, a level-headed way of being that wealthy and having so much money ebb and flow. And when you think about us as, you know, regular folks out here, we sometimes panic or we let these news headlines when it says, um, you know, for today, example, when we're taping the podcast, you know, it said uh, on, you know, news of Congress doing this, that, or the other, you know, the Dow drops 150 points. And, and that's mm -hmm. just nothing, you yeah. know, it's just, and but yeah, people let that bother them. Right, right. How do you and, how do you work with that? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, I think the whole scenario. I mean, it's a great story to tell uh, to help someone that is concerned about that sort of thing about some 
you know, large declines in the market. Uh, think back to uh, the spring of this year when we had that uh, very quick uh, sell-off and decline in the market because of the pandemic and whatever else was uh, blamed for it. But, um, you know, here here he is. He, he has a $9 billion decline in his net worth in a day. And then six months later or less, he's the richest man in the world. What happened? Right. Well, markets happened. Business happened. Economic uh, impact happened. And the same thing happens on a larger scale than that to the whole market and on a very small scale to your own individual investments. Mm, yeah. uh, they, they wax and they wane. You know, the moon gets full every month and then it goes to dark. And it comes back. I mean, that's that's how markets have historically performed. I mean, not going all the way to zero, right? Uh, but you know that they they do vary, and uh, that's why uh, I think last podcast we talked a little bit about when we're helping people set their portfolio structure. Initially, we talk about worst case scenarios. We'll also talk about potential best case scenarios, but that's not what we want to build a portfolio on. You want to build it so that you can stand the volatility through a down cycle so that you can live to have the uptick and you've been rebalancing all along. So the same sort of thing here, you know, right, it's, right. it's not the end of the day. Don't sell out. You don't need all this money today. You're, this is to last you a lifetime. And so uh, just be patient, let the market do what it's going to do and be looking for, uh, as you're there, ha- have your, your structure set up so that you're automatically rebalancing your portfolio by selling off those things that are, yeah, some and sell sell off the gain portion and buy more of the stuff that's down, so that when it rebounds, you get a exponential uh, blast out of the base. Yeah, very true. And, and obviously, this is on a scale that most of us cannot relate to with these numbers. But some of the principles yeah. are kind of the same because, like I said, one of their major investors basically did the same thing. He said, "I'm, you know what? I just basically rebalanced my own portfolio, mm-hmm. and in doing yeah. so, he took a huge chunk out of Tesla's overall. You know, uh, I guess they're, you know." their stock and that caused a, a major shift and so on and so forth. And to that point of, you know, having some patience. And again, I know we're talking about much larger scale, but the principles are the same. It's not like, you know, Elon panicked and just did, you know, made wholesale changes. He continued right. on with what his plan was, mm-hmm. much like we need to do the similar same thing with our own plan. Sometimes we have these blips in the road and we panic and go, eh, you know, I'm going to make a wholesale change. And and often it's just the call. It's having the ability to stay calm through it, the benefits. And I think that's one of the added benefits of an advisor like yourself, Mike, is that you're there as a sounding board to talk people through those rough patches. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with a single company like this where everything's riding on Tesla for him, uh, now I'm sure he has other investments, but I mean, what made him the wealthiest man in the world is that company, right? Right. portion he owns. I bet you anything he bought more stock on the day when it went lost $9 billion. Maybe. Maybe. So <laughs> that's know? pretty interesting news story. Pretty interesting goings on. Uh, pretty just staggering when you really think about the fact that, you know, I mean, you don't see that. I mean, you think, okay, they're just selling Tesla cars. How in the world has he passed Amazon guy when everybody and their brother buys from Amazon yeah, right. on a regular basis? But to your point, right, he has other things, you know, investing going on to create his wealth. So it's kind of an interesting way to uh, analyze our own uh ways of doing things, but on a much larger scale and also kind of just highlight the American dream is, is still totally possible. 
I remember this guy saying that it wasn't that long ago that his choice was paying rent on an office for Tesla or having a place to live. So yeah. he stayed in his office and didn't have a place to live. Right. Exactly. So, you know, that's great. The American and spirit. I, just for the record, I hope he stays number one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, the, he's an interesting guy. He's quirky. But he's yes. an interesting guy, yeah, for sure, and obviously a very smart guy. All right, the other headline I wanted to ask you about, Mike, is the uh, we obviously have a new president coming in, and one of the conversation pieces that seems like it's going to be pretty quick is the uh, no longer the complete cancellation of student debt, but $10,000 in student loan debt for every student loan borrower. Now, I'm not sure if that's going to translate to like if parents have half the loan and the kids have half the loan. Or how that's going to work, but do you think in general this is a good idea, bad idea, or won't make much difference in the end? Yeah, uh, great question. Won't make much difference. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in general, uh, just fr- from a, a standpoint of uh, principle and everything, I think it's a really bad idea uh, because you know it, it's taking away individual responsibility. It's, it's saying, uh, yeah, you did this, and uh, we're gonna. Take that so that you don't bear the brunt of your decision, your the process you went through. Whereas someone that didn't borrow money, uh, you know, and quite frankly, I remember something from way back early in our history. I think it was Davy Crockett was in the U.S. Congress, and they were voting about giving a veterans' widow money from the coffers of the country. Uh-huh. And he stood up and said, you know what, if we can start voting ourselves money from this thing, it will ruin us. And um, uh, he was right. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, but but I don't think Crockett was saying, so don't help this woman. Right, Uh, right. Certainly, you know, a veteran's widow uh, deserves some uh, consideration because of what the person sacrificed for the country's Mm -hmm. good. Oh, yeah. But I think that's uh, that's where individuals come around and that know her and that are in community with her and can uh, know what her her circumstances are, her needs, and all like that. And and we we do that between each other. Uh, the government giving out money, I think, is is just a really bad idea. It's it's just well, and I'm glad it. you brought that up too because a lot of times I think when people see some of this stuff, and obviously as a younger person, hey, I would be excited to find out that I don't have to pay ten yeah. grand back. I mean, who wouldn't, right? But mm-hmm. it's not as though this just matches. I don't believe they're going to be calling up the the lenders and saying, hey, just remove this debt from your coffers and call it a day. We're right. still pay- we're paying for this as taxpayers. Exactly. And so and these younger folks, they're they're still going to be paying for it. They're just now sharing it with the rest of the country. Right. It's redistribution of wealth. It's communism. It's wrong. (laughs) It will fail. Yeah. And I you know, and it's it's also, you know, if you want to keep the politics out of it for a second, what about just the lesson of, hey, look, life is tough and you agreed to do this. You now have to be responsible for it. Have some skin in the game, which I'm glad at least at minimum, they're not talking about completely. You know, one point it was like, hey, we're just going to absolve all the debt. Right. You know, and it's like, I mean, that's that's trillions of dollars. We can't necessarily can't do that. But then it also takes away that valuable lesson of, hey, I worked hard to pay this back and get this right. education in. And there's a sense of accomplishment and pride in that. And I know exactly. that we're swimming in debt and all that kind of stuff, but maybe the problem is not necessarily the loans themselves to the students, but how runaway costs have gotten with, with uh, you know, education. And that's a conversation right. for another day. But I mean, I think the universities have gotten out of control. And, that, and unfortunately, this might make it even worse. 
Yep. Singing to the choir, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we're on the same page. So, yeah. you know, how do you feel about it? You know, uh, if you've got uh, some, some thoughts or something like that, shoot us an email uh, and yeah. subscribe to the Love podcast. But it'd be curious to see. But it's it's we're going to be going down some interesting roads here for the next little bit. So we'll be curious to see what happens. Uh, and speaking of email questions, let's dive into a couple this week on the show. Like I said, we had right. some that come in through the holiday season. So we, let's address a couple. We've got Ron who dropped one in. Ron, if you're listening, uh, here's your question. He said, Mike, I'm anticipating a market crash any day now. Uh, and he's got like a, one of those quirky emoticon faces next to it. Uh, kind of a smirk, he says, but I truly do have half of my IRA in cash because I'm worried about when this might happen. It seems like we're way overdue for it. So basically, I'm sitting on $350,000 that's not really making me any money, uh, and I don't want to leave it for too long going nowhere. So when is a good time to get back in and reinvest? Now. Okay. Pretty, wait. pretty short to the point? Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, um, I don't know when you got out. If, and it sounds like you got out that you weren't in a 50-50 mix all along uh, because you're concerned about having it not invested. So I'm assuming you liquidated it at some point. If you feel like uh, you know we're due for it, that's uh, about the fastest double crash I've ever seen because we just had one in March. So it, it would be pretty bad if we had another one, but hey, not impossible. Technically, it's very, very, very possible, but uh, not likely. But still, I don't know. You've indicated here, you don't know. Uh, I don't know anybody who does know. And so sitting on the sideline, uh, just possibly, uh, well, number one, you're giving up opportunity costs where you could have the money invested in making money and being out for these past several weeks, uh, months, whatever. I don't know how long you've been out. The market has been hitting all time highs. And so there's a lot of opportunity that's been lost already. Don't lose any more. Get back in, but get back in structured in such a way that you can go through a crash and be in a system of rebalancing the portfolio so that when it does crash, and it will, just don't know when, uh, you will be buying low, selling high during that process. Yeah. There is, there's a guy, Harry Dent Jr., that on a business program one time made the comment that he had called the 2008 crash. Mm-hmm. and the broadcaster or whatever the interviewer said, when was that? He said, 1989. So if you had done what Harry said to get out of the market in 1989 and wait until the crash happened in 2008, years. <laughs> big 19, mess. <laughs> that's 19 years. Now, granted, in some ways, I guess you could say, hey, you avoided the entire lost decade of the 2000s, but at the same time, you also missed out on all the run that was the 90s. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I mean, basically, Ron, what you're talking about here is market timing, bud, and it's just mm-hmm. impossible to do. And I get being, we did a podcast not too long ago, and even the one we did a couple of weeks ago, I people tend to might sometimes feel like cash or the market. We talked about the three qualities of money on a prior show. Cash or the market is like it. They think that's the only two options. Well, I've either got to be in cash because I'm scared, or I've got to be in the market because I'm behind and want to you know, grow the money or whatever. And there's just other things to do and also appropriate, I suppose, balances in the way to do that, right? Yes. Yep, exactly. Okay. All right. Well, Ron, again, not trying to beat you up, buddy. Just you asked the <laughs> question. So, hey, reach out to Mike and have a conversation. Uh, talk with him you know, through it. You know, share some more data and some numbers so he can help you really come up with a good strategy uh, in how to you know, do the things you need to do and accomplish the things you need to accomplish. And if you've got a good plan in place, uh, that'll make it a lot easier to understand when, when you should be doing some things and how you should be doing some things and so on and so forth. So thanks for listening to the show. We certainly appreciate it. And uh, keep doing so and reach out to Mike. Give him a call at 336 336- 
All right, let's do one more email question here and see where we're at on time. And that is Tom. And he says, Mike, I've got an MBA and I understand investments pretty well. And I've always handled my portfolio myself without having professional help. And to be honest, I've done quite well. So give me your true, honest opinion. Is there any reason for a person like myself to work with an advisor? Uh, Maybe not. You know, if you have that desire to do it yourself, you know, it's, it's hard to work with someone else on that piece. However, I'll say this. Advisors don't just invest money uh, for you. They don't just manage a portfolio. They are a sounding board. They're a resource to point out opportunities or dangers that you want to avoid, opportunities you want to take advantage of. All the time uh, when I'm meeting with clients or prospective clients, um, I'm seeing things that they may be planning to go a certain direction, but are not aware of a pitfall that is waiting for them to step into it. So I can I can alert them to that. And many times... They've heard things from friends, associates that well-meaning, but just wasn't exactly the whole story. And an advisor that you work with closely knows your situation and um, knows that maybe some advice you hear from someone about something is going to be contrary to what's best for your particular circumstance. Right. Uh, I know that I, I have uh, just spoken with two people in the last few days that uh, were making some decisions about long-term care help, you know, help with uh, taking care of themselves in uh, uh, an illness uh, situation. Mm -hmm. And we're not taking advantage of the things that they should have and could have been taking care uh, or taking advantage of because they were under the impression uh, from somebody that told them that that if you go to a nursing home, you have to turn all of your assets over to them. Oh, okay. Um, That's just not true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, there are things where you do turn certain things over, in, uh, but it's, that's typically not a nursing home. Uh, it's, it's something else. So we won't get into all the details there. But bottom line is there's a lot of well-meaning information that floats around out there that's just not right. Your advisor should be up on those kind of things or at least knows where to go get the information to make sure that what you're doing is in your best interest. And that's what you use an advisor for. Yeah. If you can manage the money yourself as far as right. investment, great. Enjoy yourself. But get some help. Yeah. I think sometimes too, what happens in this scenario is that people do a great job and and not saying that you haven't, obviously you have, you're very happy with the results. Uh, but accumulation is a totally different animal. And I'm sure you've already heard this. There's a totally Mm -hmm. different animal than actually, you know, doing the preservation and the distribution, uh, of the wealth. And then there's all these little minutia moving part things that you're just not used to dealing with social security rules and, and long-term care things. And just, I mean, there's just tons and tons of little details that can kind of, you know, ball up into this uh, scenario. And I guess, Tom, the last thing I would probably say to think about is what's your time worth, especially mm. in retirement? Because if you enjoy doing this and you've been doing it, how much time are you really putting into all this? Because it's going to be quite a bit in retirement. And do you want to spend it managing your money or having, you know, the retirement that you want? So right. sometimes I think like with anything in life, right, Mike, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, sometimes we think, Hey, I can do what I'm paying some company to do for me. And a lot of times that's super true. Like my brother and I have gotten fairly handy and we could have probably built my deck, but I paid someone to do it because my time was better spent someplace else. And the end result was a bit better than I, quite a bit better than I would have done. So win, win, right? Yeah. Sometimes we don't know what it could have been had we had, uh, the resource, the help, like your example of building the deck. I mean, I've got a son who's a contractor. I, I wouldn't do that because I know that he <laughs> like a tenth of the time. I, well, probably 
a hundredth of the time <laughs> that I would take, and it will be so much better. So, yeah, get somebody to help you out. with. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. So some things to think about. Uh, thanks so much for the email question. We always appreciate those. And we are going to wrap it up because we try to keep these uh, around 20 minutes. So thank you so much for submitting the questions to the show. As always, reach out to Mike if you got questions or concerns. Don't forget to subscribe to us here at Strategic Planning. Uh, you can go to spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. You can also uh, search out the app on Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you're using uh, to listen to the podcast. Mike, my friend, thank you much for your time as always. I hope you have a a great week or two, and I will talk to you pretty soon. Mark, hope you have a great week. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming soon. Enjoy that with you, your loved ones. Uh, We look forward to it with our uh, grandchildren. And uh, so we just uh, appreciate all you're doing to help us. We love you. And uh, we love you guys out there listening to us. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Hope everybody has a great start to February. It's just around the corner. And Mike and I will be back uh, right around Valentine's Day, actually, yeah. with a new episode. So we will catch you all on the flip side here on Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.